Turn to somebody and tell me you are a human being, not a human doer. Say it again. Say you are a human being and not a human doer. I want to talk to you about getting unstuck. Anybody here ever been stuck? I mean, like, stand still stuck? Like, there's nothing you can do about it stuck? And you try to unmuddy the muddy waters, but the more you stir it, the worse it gets. The muddier the water gets by you just stirring it. Just stuck. Something happens in your life. Something comes along and you just find yourself stuck. I mean stuck. Anybody ever get their car stuck in sand? And boy, you do everything. You put the blanket under there. You put the the baby's diapers under there. You put rocks under there. You do whatever you can. You put the, uh, uh, um, the umbrella, the beach umbrella, and it just spins and grinds it up and spits it out, and it just stays stuck in the sand. And then you got to call a tow truck. Well, let me tell you about being stuck. Um, you can get unstuck even if nothing changes. I know you think, well, you know, if, 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 if this happens and that happens and the stars line up and someone gives me money or someone does this or, some, or someone agrees with me, you know, those who are disagreeing with me, all of a sudden they agree with me or, or someone just changes their mind. But you know what? Sometimes uh, 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 those things don't happen and they don't happen the way you think they're supposed to happen and they don't happen as rapidly as you think you're supposed to ha- they're supposed to happen and you're still stuck. But you can come unstuck and how you interpret it all. The perception that you have because you have been caused to stand still. Years ago, we had a a gentleman that was in the church. His name was Rob Nuck, and Rob's now passed away. But he was our treasurer and and, uh, um, what was he? Secretary and treasurer of, of our corporation. And he, he used to say behind my back. And then one day he said it to me. He said, he would tell people, he said, does he have a project? And they'd say, uh, I don't think so. He'd say, oh, my God, get him a project. <laughs> Talking about me. I like projects. I like to stay busy. I like to do things. Now, I don't like to do the work. I like to, my wife... <laughs> My wife says you're happy if you have a crew to run. I supervise. I have a degree in supervising. Screwdrivers and hammers do not work in my hands, and, and shovels just slip away. But I like to be with a group of people, and I like to, well, I don't know. I'm not in charge at home, so I might as well be charged out on the job, be in charge. But you can get unstuck. Even though nothing changes. But we often find ourselves stuck, stuck with relationships, stuck with jobs, stuck with, you know, even trying to do something for God. You want to do something for God. I mean, you've given your heart to do it. And I mean, you're going along and you're just right there and you're ready to grab a hold of it. And just all of a sudden it comes to a stop. I would rather someone beat me. 
not this morning. But I would rather someone just beat me when I find myself just being still and not being able to do anything at all. How about you? But I want to give you some, some stuff, some things, some biblical principles that will help you uh, to change your perspective if you're standing still or forced to stand still, not being able to accomplish those things that you have in your heart. Listen to this, Psalm 31, verse 15. My times, not time, but my times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. I want you to see what the psalmist is facing. His, his enemies are right at hand. I mean, they're not far off. His enemies are right there. They're, they're within reach. They're, they're ready, to, ready to grab him. I mean, his enemies are right there. And he's being persecuted. Now, I, I don't know about you. I don't like people uh, persecuting me. I think everyone should like me. How about you? I want people to like me. I want them to say nice things about me. I don't want them to be negative about me. But sometimes you face persecution. And I want you to see the situation he's, he's in. His enemies are not far off. His enemies are right there at hand. And he's being persecuted. But I want you to notice what he says. My times are in your hand. Think about that. I don't know if somebody's persecuting me. <laughs> I have an enemy that rises up against me. I, 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 I'm, I, I'm, well, don't do that, okay? I used to tell people, I, I, even though you're two foot taller than me, I will climb up your knee and box your ears. <laughs> you hit me with a stick, I'll run you over with my car. <laughs> Metaphorically speaking. But perception is everything. My times are in his hand. Say that with me. Say, my times are in his hand. Even though there's an enemy, even though there's persecution, my times are in his hand. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. There's a season and there's a time. There's a time when they love you and a time when they hate you. A time they're for you and a time they're against you. A time they want to bless you and a time they can't wait to get their hands on you. But there's a time and a season for all things under heaven. Our times are in his hands. Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 12. It says, hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Have you ever been in that chase? I mean, you are in pursuit. I mean, like, it's like, wow, I'm almost there. I can feel it. I can see it. I can sense it. I can 
test, you know, I can taste it. Whether it's something for you or something for somebody else or just something for the kingdom of God. You know God's asked you to do something. You know you have his permission to go forward. And all of a sudden, man, you come to a, a, a roadblock. But hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's like, oh, man, I put out so much energy. I've even prayed about this. And it's not happening. And I can't fix it. And the heart becomes sick. But listen to what it says. But when the desire comes... It is a tree of life. Now, it doesn't say that desire is not going to come because it's been deferred for a while. It doesn't say, uh, here's one for you. Okay, you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Huh? Bring it. Because it's been deferred, it doesn't make it a denial. Because your hope's been deferred, because you find yourself, you know, uh, in that season where it doesn't mean that God said no. Now, here's a word that I don't like at all. I really don't like this. It's hard for me to take it. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Wait. That is the most horrible word in the world. Wait. He just says, wait. He's not saying it's not going to happen. But he just said, I want you to wait. And I want to know why. I mean, I want to know why. I mean, I want an answer. I want it right now. Why do I have to wait? What can I do to make this happen? You know, I used to think if I worked harder... Man, if I just work harder, if I could just add a day to the week and work eight days a week rather than seven days a week, if I could just get out there, spend more time and just do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. And, and I've tried that and still found myself stuck. And then I thought, you know, um. Maybe just maybe, maybe I'll get the promises out. You know what I mean? I'll just look in the Bible. I'll get the promises out and I'll rehearse them and I'll read them and I'll tell everybody around me and, and, and I'll just get those promises out and I'll just go over them and over them and over them. And, and, and maybe I can just work hard. Maybe I can perform. Maybe God wants me to perform somehow. Maybe God wants me to do something. And if I just do that, you know, that performance thing. And well, then maybe it's the promise. Maybe if I just get the promise out and rehearse them, maybe it'll begin to happen. It's not about that. It's not about the promise. And it's not about your performance. I think I realize why God causes us at times to stand still. I'm not saying your motors aren't right. I'm saying your motors are right. You want to do something for God and God allows you to do things for yourself and you want to do something for somebody else. It's not that your motives are wrong. But God sometimes reminds us that we are human beings and not human 
doers. It's not about the promise. It's not about your performance. You know what it's about? It's about him. It is a season and a time to refocus. You know, you can get so caught up with tomorrow and so caught up with doing something for God that you oftentimes will find yourself forgetting about God himself. Does it take faith? Yes. Faith for the promise? No, that's not what it's about. You know what it is? It's about faith in the promiser. It's about refocusing, not on the promise. It's not about working harder and performing well. It's about you refocusing on the one who promised. It's not about faith in the promise. It's about faith in the one who is faithful. You coming to that place, you can't do anything, you can't move. I mean, you are like locked up, Jack. It's like you can't do anything, and you got to sit there, and you have to be still, and you can't do anything about it, but it's about you refocusing, taking the time out to focus on him and him alone. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord some praise with me. Listen to this, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 30 and 31. Even the youths, youths, that sounds like somebody from New York. Even the youth shall faint, or youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. That's natural strength. The youth and the young men are just naturally strong, you know what I mean? But even the strong man, you know, even the strong guy uh, becomes weary and he falls. And even the young, their youth is not enough to get him to the end. And this is the difference between natural strength and that spiritual strength that comes to us. And notice what it says. But those, here's that word. I can't believe this is in the Bible. But those that wait on the Lord. Say that with me. Those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. See, while you're in that situation, you can get full of just, you know, for all, you know you're just anxious. And you're like, when's this thing ever going to happen? And who's against me? And God, hey, what's the matter for you? And what's happening here? And what did I do wrong? Or what's going to, maybe I should not, not have gone this way. And you begin to doubt the very thing that you go, know God asked you to do. And all of these things that go through and we lose sight of waiting on the Lord. There's something about that process that during that season, that time, we're supposed to refocus on Him, not about our performance and not even about the promise, about the fact that He is faithful. Turn to somebody and tell them He is faithful. Faithful. I don't care what's standing in your way. He is faithful. 
I don't care how low the valley is. He is faithful. I don't care how many enemy has surrounded you and are coming against you. It doesn't make a difference how close you are within the hands of the enemy. It doesn't make a difference if you're being persecuted. If it doesn't make a difference, if it looks like the bottom has fallen out, I'm here to tell you that God is faithful. Weeping may endure for a night. Yes, weeping comes and weeping may endure for a night, but it does not last forever because joy comes in the morning. Come on, somebody say hallelujah with me. Now, 2018 has been probably the toughest year of my life. I'm just going to tell you straight out. Been difficult. Started out with a heart attack and five bypasses and a whole process of trying to get better. And uh, I have found myself... Standing still. There's so many things I want to do for God. There's so many things that are in there. I can't even tell you. Those things that are stirring in my heart. Those things that I want to see done. Those things that I want to give myself to. But I find myself standing still. The doctor's... Or the nurse told my wife, he's going to leave here. And when this is all over, he's going to have pump head. Pump head. That's a good question. What is pump head? Because uh, they kept me alive artificially for such a long time, they said it would affect my thinking, my confidence. And it has. It's been a. It's been. It's not the physical fight. It's been a an emotional fight that I have been in for the last eleven months of my life, thinking, Am I ever really going to do those things that God put in my heart? I found myself stuck, just stuck, not being able to do anything around about it. It just follows me. I wake up. I'm like, uh, I go to bed, and I'm, uh, you know what I mean. I'll say to Peggy, uh, do we going to meet somebody tomorrow? She said, yes, you got to be there at 10 o'clock. An hour later, I'm saying, now, we have to meet someone tomorrow. After about the third time, you know what she says to me? I already told you. <laughs> I forget things. But I'm so glad there's another year that's coming. Come on, someone say amen. You know, those doctors said to me, they were believers and they would come into my office and uh, come to my office and ended up being in my office because they would come there and I would pray with them and talk to them. And then nurses would come by and I'd pray with them. And some nurse would come by and say, you know, I was in your program or my brother was in one of your programs and we'd talk and somebody would come and say, say, you know, when I was a little kid, my mom used to go to your church and every year you would give us a turkey for Thanksgiving and on and on and on and on and on and all that kind of stuff. And, and yeah. And the doctors would come and say, you know what? I'd say, what? He said, it's a miracle that you're alive. You shouldn't be here. God's not done with you yet. Then the nurse would come and I'd get to talk. They'd say, it's a miracle you're alive. God's not done with you yet. Then the kidney doctor, my kidney shut down. They'd come and say, you know what? He was a believer. He'd say, our church is praying for you. And God's not done with you yet. You know what? There's been a season of standing still 
but I finally believe it. God is not done with me yet. Come on, someone say amen. And I pray today that hope arises in your heart. God is going to allow you to finish the thing that he's put in your heart to do. But it's okay to stand still. And get your focus not on his hand, but on his face. It's not about what God is going to give you or what God can do for you, even what God can do through you. It really is all about who he is. That's what the most of, and that's what this season is all about. A time of refocusing. Second Chronicles chapter 20. This is a young prophet speaking to Jerusalem, the inhabitants of Jerusalem and Judah, the tribe of Judah, and to the king whose name was Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was the he was the fourth king, Jehoshaphat. And he said, listen, all you of Judah and all you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord to you, don't be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but it's God's. This multitude were three different tribes, uh, uh, um, three different groups of people that decided they were going to destroy Jerusalem. They were going to dethrone Jehoshaphat and they were, they were going to take the city of Jerusalem over and they were going to run those of the tribe of Judah out. Next verse. You will not need to fight this battle. I don't know about you. I'm a scrapper, man. I'm like, yo, come on, bring it on. You know what I mean? I'm from New York, buddy. Now, I was mostly mouth. No punch, but a big mouth. And if I couldn't scare you in my, with, with my mouth, then I would try to step out. You know what I mean? But I'd talk a good fight in the beginning. If... But the Lord's like... The battle's not yours. Turn to somebody and tell them the battle's not yours. You don't need to fight. Now listen to what it says. It says, position yourself. Look at that, position. I'm like, okay, man, here I am. You know what I mean? Come on, buddy, come on. Come on, suck up, punch you, come on. Position yourself. You think, well, it's talking about it's time to go to war. It's time to get physical. It's time to do something for yourself. Position yourself. This is, this is the posture you're supposed to take. Turn to somebody and tell them, this is the posture. Stand still. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, 
who is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem, and do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. You know what happened? You know what they began to do? Instead of preparing for war, you know what they started to do? They started to sing and they started to worship. I would have been like, who's got the spears? Who's got the dynamite? You know what I mean? Is there a cannon anywhere? You know what? I'd be getting everybody together and making a plan. And We were over in the Philippines and um, what was that storm that came through there? No, no, but prior to that, when we were there. When we were there. Oh, I guess there was a hurricane that was coming. Remember? Aaron called. It was a tsunami coming. Yeah. There was an earthquake and a tsunami was going to come there. And we were there. And, um, uh, you know, I'm like, okay. Because um, it's right on the water. I'm like, um, mm, isn't there a mountain behind this place? Yeah, there's a mountain. It's like, let, let's climb the mountain. I'm talking to the pastor over there, you know, and, and, and their staff. Like, let's climb the mountain. And they're like, mm, no, no. I'm like, well, let's climb the mountain. And, and, and when we climb the mountain, who's got the water? Who's got a tent for me to stay in? Who has the food? And I've got all these plans. Is who's going to bring the food and who's going to bring the water and how we're going to stay up there and how I'm going to stay dry I had a whole plan. I'm talking to the pastor, and what is it? What was it he said to me? Ah, uh, yeah. I said to him, well, "What do you think now? You know, I had this whole plan. How are we going to survive this?" And I said, "What do you think?" He said, "This is what he said. He said, I don't think." I'm like, "You don't think?" He said, "No, I don't think." I said, "Well, what are you doing?" He said, "I pray." You what? I pray. You pray. Who's got the water? Who's got the food? Is there a van that can take me to the top of that hill? What what are you doing? He said, I pray. I'm like, that's all you're doing is praying? Sometimes that's all you can do. And all you're supposed to do. Come on, give the Lord some praise with me. They began to worship. And you know what happens? In the night, these three groups of people that were, were uh, uh, cavorting, so to speak, to destroy them. In the night, there was a confusion that the Lord caused. And the three groups of people began to fight with one another. And they ended up destroying one another. And when the inhabitants of Jerusalem woke up the next morning, they were all dead. You want to know why? Because they, oh, I don't hate to say it, because they stood still. The same word came to the children of Israel when they were being chased by the Egyptians. They were told to stand still. That's all they were told. They were just told to stand still. 
And the thing that kept them from moving forward was the Red Sea. Do you remember the story about the Red Sea? And how that God, now they, they, there were mountain, uh, mountains on each side, Pharaoh and his army, they were behind him, they were pursuing them, and they could not go forward because the Red Sea had them hemmed in. And God, by a miracle through Moses, as he stretched out his hand with the rod in his hand, how God divided an east wind came and blew the water into a wall, and they walked through on dry ground. And they got to the other side, and there was a cloud. There was a cloud of light to them, and the same cloud was a cloud of darkness to the Egyptians. And the Egyptians were in pursuit, and the Egyptians began to pursue them. There's three million people. They get on the other side of the Red Sea, and now the Egyptians begin to pursue them. And the wall of water, which was the Red Sea, collapsed and fell on the Egyptians. Their enemy was destroyed by the very thing that stood in their way. I want to say that again. Their enemy was destroyed by the very thing that caused them to stand still. I'm going to say that again. The very thing that you think is hindering you May be the very thing that God uses to destroy your enemy. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Because he is a faithful God. And he's going to see you to the end. And he who promised is going to finish it. He that hath begun the work in your life will finish the work. Say amen with me. Do yourself a favor. Don't cast away your confidence. Don't throw it away. Don't cast it away. God is going to see you through. Say that with me. Say God is going to see me through. Say it again. Say God is going to see me through. No matter what happens, no matter what comes my way, God is going to see me through. Tell somebody, I am going to get to the other side. Tell, tell them, I am going to finish the work. Say, say God is going to get me through. I feel like you need to say it with an attitude. Now, wait a minute here. Well, I like that. God is going to get me through. You need to put your stand up. Put stand up. Put your hand on your hip and go. I, I, wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. Wait, 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 wait. I'm being persecuted. My enemy is at hand. I can't go any forward. Hallelujah. There's a storm out there, but my God is going to get me through. Say it again. Say, my God is going to get me through. I'm going to the other side. Come on and give the Lord some praise with me. And delay is never denial. Father, we thank you for your loving kindness. We thank you, Lord, no matter what comes our way. You've made a promise and we're going to fall in love with the promiser all over again. As we 
find ourselves standing still, we're going to take that time not to complain, not to find fault, but to fall more in love with a loving Savior. ask you to bless your people. Let them get their eyes on you. In Jesus' precious name, let everybody say amen. amen. Hug about three folks. God bless you.